Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Clark, and this is Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. My brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe... Aang can save the world. Today we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender, Season 1, Episode 19, titled The Siege of the North, Part 1. I mentioned this a lot yesterday. I'll mention it again just for the hell of it. This episode's incredible. This whole arc is incredible. It is a freaking masterpiece. I adore Se- the Siege of the North. Collectively, it is one of my favorite episodes of this whole show. And I say collectively because there's really no distinguishing between the two halves. It's just one thing in my mind. So Siege of the North as just one double-length episode is absolutely within my top 10 favorite episodes of Avatar. Possibly my top 5? I'd have to think about that. But the point is, it's definitely up there. Siege of the North is brilliant. Like, there is not a single frame out of place. There is not a single scene in this hour of television that I don't absolutely adore. It is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm going to do kind of like a blow-by-blow-ish nature of Siege of the North because I can't really find any other way to do it. But before I get into that, I want to talk about something conceptually that this episode brings up. The idea that waterbenders grow more powerful with the moon and firebenders grow more powerful with the sun. Not only is that absolutely badass, but it makes perfect sense in my mind. Like, the moon pushes and pulls the tides. This is not just Avatar logic. This is real-world logic that the moon controls the tides. That's its whole purpose. On Earth. That and to make us feel good about ourselves. (laughs) Because we landed on it. And the sun is a literal ball of fire. So it makes sense. Moon. Strengthens waterbending. Sun. Strengthens firebending. Like it's a level of real world logic that they applied. Very intelligently to this fantastical ability, these fantastic abilities, I can't talk, these fantastical abilities of waterbending and firebending. I I had to mention that right at the top, because that's just one of the many, many, many brilliant things this episode does. So, this episode begins, 
everything's great. Everything's awesome. Katara is sparring with waterbending students. She's kicking all their asses. And Paku praises her like, You've progressed faster than any student I've ever trained. You have proved that with determination and hard work, you can accomplish anything. Kind of making you eat your words on the last episode, buddy. Raw talent alone is not enough. And you see Aang just kind of being all lazy. Which is hilarious. Meanwhile, Sokka and Yue are just going on a walk. Talking about how awkward it is that we're still hanging out. But also, uh, kind of engaged. So there's that. Uh, they go for a ride on Appa. It's real good. Everyone's happy right now. And then... Soot. Soot mixed with snow. And the imagery of this, the black snow, is extraordinary. It's so freaking terrifying. You see these black snowflakes coming out of the sky. All the water in... The tribe is turning black. It's... It's enough to just crush your soul... On its own. It's the perfect little imagery of... Okay... Something very bad is about to happen. And that is an understatement. And Sokka saying... Oh god, this... Signals a Fire Nation attack. And also, by the looks of this... There is a lot of them. Meanwhile, you got Iroh and Zhao talking about how the history books will remember him for taking out the Northern Water Tribe. And Iroh's like, eh, be careful what you wish for. History's not always kind. And they mention, like, his legendary failure at Ba Sing Se. And back at the Northern Water Tribe, we get one of the most gut-wrenching scenes ever, in my mind. I forgot how, how immensely dreary, how immensely, I can't even find the word for it, it's just... Traumatic. I forgot how effective this one scene is, even before the Fire Nation attacks. Um, Sokka and Yue go up the stairs. Yue's like, no, I can't see you ever. And then the Water Tribe chief person is giving this whole speech. About how they're about to be attacked. He pleads with the ocean and moon spirits. And then. He asks for volunteers. Saying some of you. Will never come back. Sokka of course joins up. And as. All these people. All these warriors are. Lining up to receive their marks from the chief. Like, you could see, like, every single one of them. Like, none of them 
are optimistic about any of this. They all know there's a very good chance I am about to die. It's a horrifying prospect, it really is, and you have Sokka give that one look towards UA. Oh my god. So much is said with so little in this show. It's magnificent, magnificent character work, magnificent storytelling. And then uh, the chief talks to Aang outside this building. And Aang's like, I wasn't there for my people when the Fire Nation attacked. I'm gonna make a difference this time. One line. One line. All the character work for this episode. Just right there. And then the Fire Nation attacks. And it's... Oh my god, it's great. This whole first strike is done so perfectly. The imagery of all those fireballs coming down on the North Pole is magnificent. Ang going on Appa and going to take down that one ship fairly effectively. And he's like, ha ha ha, one ship taken down. And then he sees that there's like a thousand other ships. And he's like, oh... Oh. Oh. And Aang even comes back later in the episode and says, like, I must have taken out a dozen Fire Navy ships, but there are too many of them. Like, it's extremely, like, he is dwarfed. He is dwarfed. He, the Avatar, is dwarfed in comparison to all of these ships. And then Iroh and Jawa have that whole conversation about, hey, the moon, that's a thing. You should probably stop your attack for now. And they do. Zhao stops his attack after saying, I'm aware of the moon problem, and I'm working on a solution. More on that tomorrow. Just gonna say that. Meanwhile, Sokka and UA's fiance Han are having this like pissing contest pretty much. And I love how they're preparing for this Fire Nation il- infiltration, and Han comes out wearing the real Fire Nation uniform from a real Fire Nation soldier. And Sokka's like, yeah, no. Fire Navy uniforms are not like that anymore. They got, like, shoulder spikes, which are very clearly not the design of them anymore. It's kind of ridiculous. And Sokka and Han just Kinda at one point after Han just belittles Yue and says, Oh, I'm marrying her for the perks. Sokka just beats the crap out of Han. And the chief's like, Sokka, you're off the mission. And Han just has the biggest assholey grin on his face. And is saying, okay, 
do everything I say and we'll take out this Admiral Choi in no time. It's Admiral Zhao! <laughs> that whole little dick measuring contest is so, so great. And also kind of justified on Sokka's end because, yeah, Han's kind of a dick. He's kind of an asshole. And UA does not, he does not deserve UA. Let's just say that. Han does not deserve UA in any way. But the chief apparently took Sokka off the mission to protect his daughter. Ew. So that's a thing. Meanwhile, Zuko's still alive and is going on this quest at night to infiltrate the Northern Water Tribe and capture the Avatar. And my god. My god. Zuko and Iroh's goodbye is so, so heartbreaking. And Iroh... Reveals, I'm pretty sure for the first time in this show's history, he had a son who died. And Iroh has that brilliant line of, ever since I lost my son, I think of you as my own. Iroh and Zuko have a magnificent relationship. And Iroh is, I think, one of the most compelling characters in this show. And this scene kind of proves it. Like, the way he is fathering Zuko in this moment and treating him like his own son and how he nonchalantly reveals to us, the viewer, he had a son. He was taken. He was killed. And Iroh now thinks of Zuko as his own son. So much of this series just falls into place for that character. As soon as we get that line. Literally everything. Literally everything falls into place. And Iroh's just nagging Zuko in a fatherly way as he's... Going down on that boat thing. Look, let me just say this. If you're not... If a part of you isn't rooting for Zuko to capture the Avatar after all of this, after everything that's happened over the past two episodes, you're a heartless asshole. Let me just say that. So, Zuko goes on this infiltration mission. And it's an incredibly visceral, very tense sequence here of him just going into little water tunnel things after seal turtles or whatever turtle seals or whatever and like almost dying having to use his breath of fire to survive like just doing this massively 
physical feet. Massively physically demanding feet. At one point, he's going, like, against this aggressive current to try and get up to the top. Like, it's like edge of your seat, hold your breath level tension. White knuckle tension. In such a magnificent way. It's such a minor sequence, but it is so brilliantly handled. And then, of course, Zuko gets in, and he's like, oh, oh, thank God. And you as a viewer are like, oh, oh, thank God. (laughs) And as all this is happening, Aang decides, hey, you know what? I should contact the spirit world. I should go into the spirit world and see if the spirits have any wisdom to help us. Or if they unleash a giant spirit attack on the Fire Nation. But mostly the wisdom thing. And Yue takes Aang and Katara to the Spirit Oasis. Which is gorgeous, by the way. This oasis is freaking beautiful. It is absolutely stunning. I love everything about this place. Like, it's just this gorgeous little patch of grass in the center of this stunning lake. There's a pond with a couple of koi fish in the middle. More on that tomorrow. It's it's gorgeous. It's an absolutely gorgeous little location. So Aang starts meditating... Going into the spirit world, I especially love the little comedic routine of Katara and Yue talking about, like, how vital it is that Aang go into the spirit world and Aang be like, Hey! You wanna shut up? I can hear every word you're saying! (laughs) Aang's just having none of that. So Aang goes into the spirit world, and then Zuko shows up. That is the moment that Zuko decides to make his appearance. Yue runs to go get help, and now Katara and Zuko have this fight, which is so freaking fantastic. This is a br- I sound like a broken record at this point, I know, but this is a brilliantly constructed fight. It is a magnificent, magnificently choreographed So stunningly animated fight. It's absolutely badass. Like, this is Katara at a much greater skill level than she was at any point in this series so far. Fighting a massively desperate Zuko. And it's perfect. It's stunning. It's phenomenal. And I love the line from Zuko. You little peasant. You found a master, haven't you? (laughs) It's great. It's awesome. There's so much venom in that line. It's awesome. But it's, it's such a magnificent, magnificent fight. And it ends, of course, with Katara losing miserably. And Zuko has that one last venomous line of, You rise with the moon. 
I rise with the sun. Because at this point, daybreak has occurred. Katara gets knocked unconscious. And then we got our ending. Which is just, everything's bad. Everything about this is awful at the moment. It's all bad. God damn. Zuko's captured Aang. Oh no! The Fire Nations resumed their attack as well as gotten past the wall of the Northern Water Tribe. Oh no! Aang has Zuko in like this blizzardy thing and he's struggling to move pretty much. Did I say Aang has Zuko? I meant Zuko has Aang. I'll go back and see if I, uh, if I mess that up. If I didn't, cut that out. Basically, everything's crap. It's all bad. There's an amazing moment where Sokka and Yue return, and Katara's like, He took Aang right from under me! And Sokka's like, where did they go? Oh my god, brilliant, like, brilliant cliffhanger ending for the second half of this episode, which we will talk about tomorrow. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender Season 1, Episode 20, the season finale. Talk to you then.